I could see in her eyes she was scared that her dad was going to go to work and possibly get sick. That day changed the way I lead this company and will forever change the way I lead. Dealers are at a precipice. The latest crisis around the COVID-19 pandemic has pushed their business to the edge. And this is after a years-long downward trend in margins. The cumulative effect of this onslaught has brought many dealers to a dark place where they're losing hope. Dealers will only make it through to the light at the end of the tunnel by learning from the challenges and sharing in the successes of those who truly understand what it takes to survive in this industry. I'm Alex Vetter, and this is Unscheduled Maintenance, where we hear stories from the brave, audacious, and creative dealers that keep our industry moving forward. I'm Alex Fetter, and welcome back to Unscheduled Maintenance. This week, our guest is my good friend and longtime dealer executive, Mr. David Long. David's currently a leader at the Hansel Automotive Group in the San Francisco Bay Area. David's been in the automotive industry for over 20 years and has fostered tremendous growth and success for dealerships across the country. What's interesting about David's story is that the COVID-19 pandemic isn't the only time he's had to deal with adversity over the past year. David has navigated many economy-resetting events, including the recently devastating wildfires in Sonoma County and a crippling cyber attack on one of his dealerships. Even though these stressful times would have been breaking points for many others, David has leveraged emotional intelligence to lean in rather than bow out. Today, David shares his experience and speaks with great insight about how to keep his team and community connected when they need it most. He also casts some very inspirational vision for what dealers stand to gain coming out of this crisis. I'm also very excited that David will be interviewed by another great friend and industry veteran, Joe Chura, founder and CEO of Dealer Inspire. I thought this would be a perfect pairing since David and Joe go way back. They often lean on each other for support in both the good and challenging times. So with that, I'm gonna pass the episode over to the very capable hands of Mr. Joe Chura. So let's get rocking. Tell me about your professional path in the automotive world. Wow. It goes back um, spanning over three decades. And I've done every position in the entire dealership. Uh, so my favorite of all, though, was is actually being a salesperson. Uh, and the funniest thing about that is I don't know anything about cars, nor have I ever been interested in them. But what I do love, Joe, is people. Love connecting with people. So that's really what not only attracted me to the car industry, but what kept me here. Dealers across the country are dealing with being shut down now for the first time ever. But you recently said that your stores have been shut down three times in the last year. How is that possible? What happened? So we're in a unique situation in that we're in a town, in a county called Sonoma County. And Sonoma County, unfortunately, has been stricken with wildfires. You've probably seen them on the news. Uh, approximately seven months ago, we were closed due to the wildfires. Um, a couple years ago, uh, many of our employees lost their homes. Uh, so this is a very traumatic experience. So these last that last shutdown was very traumatic. Not as many people lost their homes, but it was it was difficult and it shut us down. Um, and then right at uh, believe it or not, the biggest and best week of the year in the auto industry is between Christmas and New Year. 
we had a cyber attack that completely locked us up for that entire week that we'll never get back. So we were closed. We had to send people home. We couldn't operate any department and log on to any computer. So those were the first two times in the last uh, eight months. And then, of course, this. So, David, cyber attack, can you tell me more about that? Joe, I, it felt like we were in a movie. Uh, I've never experienced anything like it where there was actually a ransom and um, it was it was just difficult. It was difficult on many levels, right? Pay, don't pay. If you pay, are they going to give you the keys to unlock your kingdom? If you don't pay, what's going to happen to all your data? I mean, it was so all the consumer information and privacy part of that was completely protected because we don't keep it on our servers, of course. But as it relates to that experience, I just have to say that it was one of the most traumatic, harrowing experiences on a business level that I had ever been through up until this. Wow, that's that's incredible. And thinking through hard times, I know you were in automotive as a general manager during 9-11. What, what were the kind of things that you did to help people through that? Um, I remember it vividly. And I also remember um, specifically sort of being called to pull, I had three dealerships at the time, to pull everybody together and and get closer, right? I just wanted to be close to my team. And I could just see the the panic and fear and terror in my team's eyes. And I don't know why I did this, Joe, but the first thing that came to mind was if you need to be with your families right now, be with your families and be with them as long as you need to be. And if you need to be here and head down, distracted and working, be here, head down, distracted and working. And we divided the team, right? People that went home and needed to love on their families and people that wanted to lean in and, and do their jobs and not think about the the, just the absolute atrocity that would just been um, perpetrated on the United States. So yeah, I remember the, I remember that day very vividly too. I think anyone around our age recalls where they were when they heard or saw that news. There was this feeling of numbness, of of kind of being alone, and you just wanted to be you know surrounded by your family. I remember meeting with my mother that night and. It was weird. And, and in some weird way, it's not directly parallel, but there's some, there's some feeling of that during COVID. Did you feel something similar? It was eerily similar. Uh, and there were a lot of similarities that we can you know, certainly dig into. But one of the main similarities were, was some people just couldn't be comfortable. They couldn't be comfortable here at work and they needed to shelter in place, even before shelter in place became a thing. To manage a team and to run a business through that time had to be extremely challenging. Super um, defining, right? It really, I believe what we're going through today is making us all stronger, whether we chose to be at home or whether we chose to be at work. So when looking at COVID, obviously that's almost every headline that's that's you know on the news right now, and there's still a lot of uncertainty. There's periods of green shoots and and you know optimism out there for sure. But what impact has it had on your business thus far? 
Oh, the impact's been massive. Even though service parts collision are open and sales is open remotely, uh, we 70% of our staff, Joe, has been furloughed. And do you feel like that's much different than the time of like the wildfires or the cyber attack because there is a there is at least uh, a more defined timeline so this is significantly different because there's emotions involved there's fear from the family members involved it is a completely different experience but what i do know and this was probably the most impactful event that's going to sound so minor but it shifted my perspective more than anything. I was getting ready to leave. Our middle daughter, Ashley, home from Boise State, looked at me and she was the one that has no fear, no uncertainty, self-confidence plus some. She looked at me and said, Dad, please be careful today. And as I was backing out of the driveway, Joe, I got a little lump in my throat and I thought, wow. I could see in her eyes she was scared that her dad was going to go to work and possibly get sick. That day changed the way I lead this company and will forever change the way I lead. I thought about all the families, all the husbands and wives and daughters and sons and cousins that were thinking, yes, my mom or dad or sister or brother decided to go into work, but I am uncomfortable. I'm 15, I'm 14. I'm uncomfortable. I'm afraid. I see in the news people are dying. I don't want my dad or mom to die. So that day I I signed up for Zoom and I started inviting people, family members, kids, neighbors, competitors to join the calls, right? So the reason I wanted the family members on the call and the reason I wanted everybody that was either furloughed or active employee on the call is so that we could talk about not only how are we going to care for ourselves physically, but how are we going to care for each other emotionally, mentally, um, and how are we going to go home and care for our families? And what measures do we have in place to make sure not one person gets COVID-19 in our company? And we've done a really a solid job helping daughters like mine know that their dad or their mom is in a work environment that takes safety and makes it the number one priority. Yeah, that is that is a great idea. And just an example of solid leadership to kind of take matters in your own hands and say, like, listen, let's create, let's collaborate, let's talk about our feelings, our emotions. So talk to me about operations. You said you furloughed 70% of the staff, which is obviously very drastic. What other things are you doing operationally to get through this period? So we're doing through the whole all the stores that I operate, I do a 9 a.m. jumpstart meeting with everyone that's in a leadership position. Uh, and really, it's just a way for me to touch base and check in and stay really deeply connected. Uh, then we have, of course, that three o'clock Zoom call. Everybody here in the company that's choosing, and I use that word specifically on purpose, choosing to work uh, is completely geared up. They have masks on, they have gloves on, there's decals all over the floors, making sure that the consumer knows that we have plexiglass up between uh, consumer and advisor, just making sure that we are number one priority is safety. Uh, And that's really, I'm running a different business today. I feel like a safety marshal.
Well, it's not surprising to hear David make great comments like that. He's always been an outside-the-box thinker. I'm breaking in right now just to give you some more context on some great news. You probably know by now that the Department of Homeland Security finally deemed automotive sales as an essential service. This win occurred because more than 5,000 dealers joined Cars.com in advocating for the rights of local operators. I couldn't be more thrilled with this outcome. It shows the power of our industry has when we work together as a team. But there's still more work we can do to ensure that every dealer is enabled to allow safe auto sales. Visit growwithcars.com for the latest updates and the dealer resources on COVID-19. Thank you, and together we will overcome this challenge. Digging in more to the kind of operations and technology. So I know I know you love technology. Are there any solutions that you are employing right now or that you're using that you feel are critical to your business? So the solutions that we're employing, um, bear in mind, uh, we have no walk-in traffic on the sales side. The main, the main thing that we're using today that we weren't using pre-COVID is most of our interactions uh, through Zoom, through FaceTime interactions. We're doing a lot of text messaging, a lot of email videos. We're doing a lot of YouTube videos and things that we wouldn't have done to this extent. We've done them. Do you think post-COVID, you would keep adoption of those same like technology principles that, are you, that you're using today? Or do you think there's a chance that, say, six months from now, everyone kind of goes back to their old ways? Or are we forever changed as an automotive industry? Uh, the job that people had pre-COVID is not the same job they'll return to. Um, I don't think it's ever going to fully go back to how it was. And I know certainly for me, I've always, this has really been the catap- this catapulted what I've always wanted to do into the now. What could have taken years took weeks and I don't see it going back. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you and it's, it's great to be in the solutions business now. I'll say that. There's going to be some really exciting changes that this is the portal for. I'm looking at um, March 20th up until probably May 7th when we're supposed to open as my portal to transition from where the business was into where the business will be. And I'm excited about that because the dealer, I think, the dealer that's willing to adapt and change and, and really learn, like my buddy Brian Benstock says all the time, the winner is going to be the one that learns, unlearns, and relearns in this business has never been more true than it is today. And that's really what comes down to the dealers are separating themselves and, and the ones that are winning, I think right now, to use your words even, are, are leaning in. They're looking at this as an opportunity. But I have a feeling that uh, this is going to shake out a lot of the pretenders and there's going to be some dealers that come up and say, wow, nothing to see here. Back to business as usual. Those dealers are going to be in for a rude awakening, I believe. Yeah, I I agree with you because what's also is happening is customers are demanding things be easier, and if they're used to now Zoom meetings and they're they're used to not going into a grocery store but getting groceries delivered and all these, I wouldn't call them conveniences, but they're necessities now of how do how do transact business and how do uh, you know use commerce in a different way. 
then the car buying process is going to be under those same demands. It's not going to be a separate thing. And the difference today, Joe, the difference today is they didn't have options, right? There weren't dealers that were adopting at a rapid pace. Today, the dealers that are uh, adjusting at a rapid pace are going to take all the business from the dealers that aren't ready to change. Yeah, I'm seeing it now. I, I really do. And looking at week over week analysis, I'm lucky enough to be able to have a bird's eye view on 65 million visitors, over 1 billion events that are collected on the CARS platform. And I can see things and predict, uh, not me, but our data science team can predict when consumers are going to buy cars and what's happening in the market. And they identified, you know, 10 days ago, a significant shift. And that shift was action starting to happen. And people are starting to, um, you know, shop again. And what we're seeing is you might not see the same levels of organic or um, you know, website traffic, but what you're seeing is the leads not being terribly off from last year now. They're getting back up to those levels. And what's happening is the value per lead has gone up significantly, meaning the customers that are submitting leads, their intent is 10x what it was before. Because you're not going to submit a lead to a dealership unless you're serious. Totally agree. 100% agree. I don't want to say endless, but the upside is remarkable. I just want to know what motivates you personally. One, my love of people. So I have this philosophy I've had for a long, long time, and that's to leave everyone and everything better than I found them. Do I do it all the time perfectly? Absolutely not. I screw up a lot. Um, I do the best I can, but I can tell you that if I can make an impact, when I make an impact, that fuels me. Um, Of course, that starts at at home, Joe. Obviously, you know my love for my family, Um, but there... Um, and then it transcends into the workplace, and that's what motivates me. Not the bottom line, although we do really, really well. Uh, it's really about the impact and making a difference in people's lives. Yeah, I I can't agree more. It's um, you know, it's one of these things. The more you give, the more you receive. So, if you could say one thing as we wrap up this conversation. To every dealer listening, if you're standing in front of them face-to-face, what would that one thing be? Get excited. Use this as the conduit for the change that we've needed for the past 10 years. That would be the number one thing. Stop feeling like there's impending doom and things are going to go from bad to worse. I would lean in. I, I talk about it all the time. Lean in. Get closer to your people. Get more involved. Make sure that you use this time to get better, get sharper, get more talented, attract more talent, and seize this opportunity as for what it is, which is an opportunity. Very well said. And I want to leave it at that with those words that lean in. This is an opportunity. Take advantage of it. David Long, my friend, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for being the person you are. It's great to talk to you today. Joe, as always, great to talk to you as well. I love what you're doing. Keep it up. All right. Well, again, thank you, David. I'm going to turn it back to Alex Better now. Thank you very much, David and Joe. What an inspirational conversation. 
two of the very most talented leaders in our industry, and I really appreciate them sharing the way to keep their teams together. And hopefully this helps everyone in the long run, especially helping you stay connected to your business and your community and your family. Thank you.